Welcome to Tales for Teaching, a podcast where we explore stories with purpose in higher education. We'll share expert insights, engaging interviews, and thought-provoking discussions that will inspire your teaching. On behalf of Deakin University, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the unceded lands and waterways on which you were located. I acknowledge the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners on which this podcast was recorded, and I pay my respects to elders past, present and future. My name is Joan Sutherland, and this is Tales for Teaching, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Welcome to today's episode where I'm, I'm excited to have not one but two guests today to talk about their work embedding the acknowledgement of country into the curriculum for pre-service teachers. I'd love to welcome Joe and Glenn from the School of Education here at Deakin. Welcome. Hi, Joan. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Joan. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining me. But to just get started, I'd just like to introduce yourself and your role at Deakin University. Okay, um, you go first, Glenn. I'll go first. Yeah, it's it's great that we um, we're here talking about um, the Glow Eight Initiative. I'm a lecturer in literacies and language in the School of Education, yep. and um, with some background on researching with um, Indigenous peoples um, across Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn's an associate professor, not that I want to correct you, <laughs> and so am I. And um, my main area, I'm also in language and literacies education at Deakin. Um, my um, focus is always in secondary English. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I've been doing um, just a range of work on the curriculum and have done some work in embedding the cross-curriculum priority of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students into the English curriculum. Absolutely. And can I just add that we're um, positioning that we're both non-Indigenous Australians and um, in one of the things we do with our students in language and literacy is look at the language of our positioning. And one interesting thing there we do is how do we describe ourselves? Uh, are we non-Indigenous Australians or are we settlers? And part of when we do these conversations with our pre-service teachers, we kind of think about notions of invitation and and what that might mean and the complexity of that. Like, I even if you know maybe you're a recent immigrant, you're still an uninvited settler from uh, the legacies of colonization, and our students find that challenging, but. Part of the discomfort of that is actually to understand that, you know, if we're going to really be able to teach the true histories of Australia as teachers in schools, we actually have to walk on this journey to understand how we're positioned in the moment on the ground, you know, in the country. Well, it's great context that you've actually provided there because I saw your presentation at the Deakin and Teaching and Learning Conference last year and what really struck me was your passion and enthusiasm for um, building the confidence. And as you said, like there's a lot of discomfort uh, there can be around these conversations and um, how to actually build the confidence in teachers specifically in your curriculum um, to build the confidence for acknowledgement of country and ways of knowing and um, positioning yourself, as you mentioned, to Glenn. 
On one of our previous conversations, you have highlighted that the acknowledgement of country is a basic skill required of all graduates and professionals. Yeah. How have you embedded this, the acknowledgement of country into your curriculum and build that confidence and um, build the confidence in your students to be all right with discomfort um, in this space as well? So the units we're talking about are both language and literacy units mm -hmm. and um, Glenn and I have worked really closely together in the development of yeah. the um, curriculum in the units. And, you know, if you think about it, so here we are in Australia and the language, the official language is English, which is a mm -hmm. colonising language. And it is the language which has colonised the continent. Mm -hmm. And so in the work, the first thing that we do is we actually start to think about the subject is subject English and about English itself as not being um, a naturalised thing that is unquestioned. Mm -hmm. And there's a really important step, I think. Um, so, you know, in the secondary course, and Glenn can talk about some of the first moments in language literacies and learners, but we sort of start off looking at the idea of, woman yaker to the course like welcome to the course um and we look at how it's in um building b and burwood it's written on the carpet outside the aboriginal and torres strait islander room and so we go and look at that and we think about you know how that language was spoken here for you know eighty thousand years sixty thousand years and all of a sudden it's been cut out of you know it's and English has been sort of papered on top of it you know I mean I think going back to yeah the purposes of the unit as well language literacy and learning we look at the ideas of where the students are coming from in terms of place as well and what language was spoken on that country before invasion and hopefully after invasion as well. Um, and for that, it's a real good positioning for the students to know, you know, do they know the names of the, of the language groups who were originally on the place um, where they were learning to grow up and mm -hmm. what, and, and how did some of that language um, infiltrate into their schooling and if not, why not? And to start asking questions about um, were they actually getting an education in literacy and language or were they getting an indoctrination into what Joe said before mm -hmm. about the colonised um, practices of English only. Um, and just that revelation and their positioning and how they are then accountable to learning in the curriculum and how they might be positioned to teach that learning of the cross-curriculum priorities that we'll talk about in the future, you know, and mm -hmm. how well they are positioned to actually teach those cross-curriculum priorities if their um, education wasn't as optimal as what it should be around um, the knowledges of what the country's name was where they were growing up and the, and some of the language that was or is still spoken um, on the country mm -hmm. where they could be educating on. And sort of leading from that is the links that we make to the languages map 
of the continent. And that, I suppose, leads into one of our first acknowledgement of countries where we acknowledge that, you know, before invasion, there were, you know, 280 um, languages with up to 700 dialectical variations. And for some students, um, this is the first time they might have ever thought of that mm -hmm. and sort of looked at the IATSIS map and thought about all that linguistic diversity, you know, sort of very high levels of linguistic diversity. Yes. So it sounds like um, you're really asking students to really critically think and challenge what they've been, I suppose, taught and ways of um, being, uh, essentially. How do they deal with that experience? So how, how do you deal with that discomfort with students? You know, and this is something I think Glenn has mentored me in, really, is just by putting yourself on the line, really. Yes. Because um, as uninvited, uninvited settlers, we're also in the position of being part of the disruption. And for my students who have all majored in literature, their mm. identity is around being an English teacher. So as we kind of negotiate those ideas together, it has quite a powerful effect actually on the students mm. in getting them to recast themselves with this. And in doing it, I talk to them about how much I love English, but how I also acknowledge that it's such a strong colonizing language all throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And that in fact, my family as, you know, Irish people were colonized by English and it was a force of violence and humiliation. And as we unpack this as a class, so many of the students come from backgrounds where that is also the case. Mm -hmm. You know, people, um, students who have come from other areas of the world that have been colonised. So students I, can bring their own experience forward. Yeah, and I think too is we look a bit about the histories of the teaching profession as well and look at how there have been movements in the past that have made the profession more inviting for marginal people who are, you know, hopefully at the centre in the future. Um, mm -hmm. If we look at, um, you know, movements in feminism, you know, over the years and things like that, the profession's been much more accommodating over the years. It's still not perfect, mm -hmm. but there's been movements of social justice that have happened in the past to gift the teachers now as to what they're entering. So it's a more inclusive profession now. And that project of being accommodating and inviting to marginal folks hasn't finished. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a work in progress that, that people in the past have given the teaching profession and we're still in the process of supporting that work into the future. Mm -hmm. So in your language and literacy units now, what do you do? I know in the conference last year, you explored what you did week in, week out. So you presented different activities that you did each week. Can you explore those a little bit further um, to show how teachers, uh, how you're embedding it in the, your curriculum um, for language and literacy? Yeah. So we begin with, deconstructing the language map and sort of yeah. you know thinking about that idea of 
the displacement caused by English. Um, um, and, and then each week we go through with a different aspect of um, an acknowledgement that can link to some part of what we're doing in the unit for that week. We look at the um, unpacking the Uluru Statement one week, for example, you know, and looking at um, how that plays out in terms of um, looking at how we're respecting um, elders into the future as well, you know, and saying how can we as a profession support future um, endeavours of what um, self-determination are to be. Um, we have a focus on um, early literacy in one week and we look at an acknowledgement of country through play school that week. Um, you know, so it sort of sets the tone for, you know, looking at um, early learning language. Um, we also look at um, the conundrum of, um, you know, social justice and tensions in the teaching of literacy one week. And we look at a um, video by um, Ziggy Ramo, um, who does a retake of the Paul Kelly song of Little Things. Wow. And we unpack that. Each week we've got a themed acknowledgement of country that fits with the content that we're teaching. So it sort of sets the scene and it hopefully um, indigenizes the curriculum where we're looking at, you know, how do we embed the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander perspectives into the curriculum for that week? Um, you know, asking questions along the way of how does this normalise um, embedding these ideas into the um, content of language literacy and learning. There were so many examples and I love how you've got that threaded narrative versus just doing it one week and then that's it, you know, and go along with the curriculum. Like you've really done a seamless narrative throughout the semester Um how did you actually do that? What was the design process, I suppose, uh, to actually get to that point? Because there is a nice theme and leading into what you're talking about each week. And there's such considered thought about mm. how, what you've introduced. And even I love how excited you get and, um, you know, the examples, you're really thinking about the experience and the whole experience from a student perspective as well. How, how did you come to this design? So, Joan, when we um, when we talked about to you about it being a basic skill, yes, we really believe that it is a basic skill for teachers. That every yes. single educational professional needs to be able to feel quite confident mm -hmm. in um, in um, doing, you know, giving an acknowledgement of country, and. Um, also, I suppose part of the motivation is needs to be meaningful. And I think I said in the presentation, you know, I went to Catholic schools where we just recited off all these prayers like blah, 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 blah. And often you do see people um, delivering an acknowledgement of country as though it's something that they have to do. Mm. And so what we've tried to do is to make it very meaningful every week and also to make it into like, sort of I suppose an experience that is a bit ritualistic but is not repetitive yes and um we Glenn and I worked with um a couple of other 
researchers from Deakin and a team from the University of Tasmania. And the Aboriginal academic we work with from the University of Tasmania, she used to always say how much she loved the term First Nations and putting um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander ideas first. Mm -hmm. And she used to always say that. And so we sort of have that idea of starting every week with um, the acknowledgement, but also something that emerges from that. And in secondary English method this year, I've put like a paper or something written by an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander person mm -hmm. as the first text we explore after that because I did some work for the Victorian Associations of Teachers of English on the texts that were being done, studied in schools and um, there were much, there weren't very many that were by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander authors. So I, so that is sort of an extension that we've done in the secondary area as well and we also actually I also made it accessible this year um the glow eight I made it part of the second assessment that everybody has to um plan um part of their curriculum to address the cross-curriculum priority of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander um histories and cultures in all the literature it shows how much hesitation there is mm. for teachers to incorporate the work, mm. incorporate the cross-curriculum priority into their everyday practice. And so we really want our students to be able to overcome their hesitation mm. and to actually do that work. That's really our main motivation, that people can actually do the work that is their job really. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it starts with awareness, doesn't it? And being aware and the knowledge of what they can do and building that confidence and being comfortable, comfortable with discomfort, I suppose. And um, yeah, acknowledging it and actually implementing it into their practice. Yeah. Glenn, yeah. did you have any other comments on that? I think in the design and how we came to um, outcomes that we did was, um, yeah. you know, just recognise that the site of the teaching um whether it be online or face to face you know mm -hmm. was a site where it did qualify for an acknowledgement of country where it was a gathering of people mm -hmm. and if we were to do this at the start of the unit or just each week and by doing it each week we sort of recognize that a good way to frame the learning is a good way to embed the glow eight um learning each week but not to do the same ritualistic um acknowledgement but to recontextualize it for each week's learning and I love that because it gives people different perspectives as well and not just this is what we have to do tick a box because it's not about the ticking off the box um so actually providing different context to make it meaningful for different students as well so that that's in itself is powerful so it's well considered and I just love the narrative that goes through the whole um unit you've mentioned around how you've sort of gone through the design and the importance of embedding it throughout. What can other teachers take from what you've done to embed the acknowledgement of country or other components around Indigenous knowledges into their curriculum? So I think um, across all of the areas of the university, mm. um, everybody is training professionals ready to um, yeah. enter into different 
um, parts of society and for every professional in Australia now being able to um, give acknowledgement to country mm-hmm. I think is a basic skill of that profession mm-hmm. and so beginning and thinking through it and then you know taking on some of the ideas uh, that we did about thinking about well how does that apply to health mm-hmm. and if we if we start to acknowledge the land but also acknowledge the health responsibilities of the profession that can actually help to begin the conversation Mm -hmm. Um, because part of it is about um, awakening all of the students to their own responsibility in this and their own positionality and so um you know, if you work from the place of the discipline that they're excited to enter into, that actually is what will enable them to feel connected to the idea of acknowledging country. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, um, if the glow is all about engaging, you know, ethically in a professional context, um, you know, with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, then deconstructing learning in any discipline each week and working out how can the learning about and with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples be embedded mm-hmm. into that somehow, that's a good place to start. And then are there resources that could be sprinkled throughout? And we've done it with the acknowledgement of country, but there could be just as um, valid reasons to use something else that really connects their own professional discipline context to that learning to that learning because it is i've heard it said many times before it is everyone's responsibility not just in the teaching profession or this profession or that yeah. profession yeah. and that's part of glow Away is bringing that um awareness to everyone that everyone has a responsibility in this space as well to think yeah. about ways in which they can embed different perspectives um and is there any um any resources that you've leveraged or that you have that anyone else could leverage um, to support them in their teaching? The IATSIS website is really good and we've used the Uluru Statement from the Heart website Mm -hmm. that has a lot of resources. Look, I want to thank you both uh, for sharing your knowledge today and acknowledge that it is a hugely complex area, but it is, again, everyone's responsibility and that everyone can embed um, Indigenous knowledges into their curriculum and take a different perspective. So I'm just wondering, is there any lasting comments that you would like to share before we wrap up? I'd just like to encourage everyone to have a go and to you know, overcome your hesitation, like get to know um, and work on um, sort of decolonizing yourself step by step. That's what I like to say. Look, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. no worries. Thanks.